0: Hello and welcome to a special episode of Civ Pop Writer's Room. Uh, I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course, and today I'm joined by Nash. Hello, hello. First of all, uh, what you're probably seeing in your feed, also Nash, by the way, this is the first time you're hearing this, so I guess put you on the spot, but what you're probably, like, used to seeing in your feed on these days would be a regular episode, and due to scheduling conflicts, like, it's coming out, it'll just be a little bit later, so, I don't know, I guess enjoy this as a holdover um, and then I also have another fun thing that's coming that might be out before the actual episode or might be later, but I, am I'm, I'm getting around to reviewing or to, to having an interview with a, uh, a person who professionally restores film. And like, that is really cool. Uh, wow. so, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Uh, I'm really excited for that. That's happening uh, in like less than 12 hours from recording this. So, um, actually about 12 hours anyway. Um, so yeah, uh, we write for pop.com. So we do movie reviews, all that stuff. And you know what? I was really interested in seeing Bullet Train, and honestly, like, my I think my schedule was going to keep me away from seeing this movie. And then Nash reaches out and he's like, Hey, are you planning on doing anything about Bullet Train? Mm-hmm. And I was like, You know what? I wasn't, but let's do it. So here we are. Um, Bullet Train, the new, uh, the new Brad Pitt starring movie with plenty of other good people in there, directed by David Leach. Um, that's another big selling point um that's the film we're talking about so um let's start off with i want to ask this question nash what what is the reason why you were just like hey hey are you gonna do this yeah
1: um well it's one of those things where I'm i
0: sorry, walked re- out i'm sorry, I'm sorry i realized i just gave it to you this will start off as non-spoiler um and we are going to give no spoiler for thoughts sure. on this for a couple of minutes i'm um, just in case you're listening and um Yeah. So we'll, we'll eventually move on to spoilers. So, sorry, I just, in case you're listening, you're good for a little bit. If you haven't seen it. Perfect. Um, Yeah. I mean,
1: I was, I walked out of the theater uh, yesterday having just watched it and I was just grinning from ear to ear and I really wanted to talk about it. And there was a, like a lot of things that were kind of germinating in my head. And then as I drove home, I just wanted to have the discussion with somebody uh, hence was the reason why I reached out to Aaron um, I just had such a blast and it, it just gave me a lot of hope and a lot of faith in kind of the blockbuster movie or like, the, um, a certain movie structure that we're current that we're currently in right, right now. And I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I just had a lot of thoughts coming out of it that were generally really, really positive And that I wanted to share them with somebody. So that's kind of
0: what instigated me. Um, generally positive. So cool. That's what instigated me to reach out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So then on the like it, love it, hate it, this like, I it, think it's just okay. Scale. Where do you land?
1: Um, Man, it has been just over 24 hours. I, I think I'm on like the low side of love it. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, Fair. Like, it, like it, to the point, to the point where I actively want to watch it again. Like, and I feel like if a movie falls in that category, then I mean, like I have to, it has to be somewhere in that really like to love it range. So that's where it's at right now for me.
0: Okay. I, um, I'm going to land on the really, really, really high side of like it. I had a really good time watching this, and oh, nice. um, for, I, I think I like it more than at least the general consensus is coming out, because, like, this, Same. Isn't, this isn't fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, and a lot of the Letterboxd reviews I've seen are are middling, and I gave it a three and a half stars, because I have enough issues with the movie, but, like, my experience watching it was more than three and a half stars, you know?
1: That's, okay, and that's one of the things that I actually, I you know, I, I treat Letterboxed. On like a gradient from very serious to not at all serious, and depending on my mood. And I think I even said in my little blurb, I said that I want to put it at a four and a half. Like that, w- I had a four, four and a half experience in the movie. But realistically, if I objectively look at it, it's probably a three and a half. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, I mean, so I think from what you just said, I completely agree with you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like, typically like will uh, will rate things kind of more based off of my experience rather than quality, but like definitely quality does have something. So, um, so I guess on my letterbox to bio, um, I have like a four star is great, but nothing to write home about. And a 3.5 says good, pretty enjoyable. And a three would be definitely not great, but usually watchable more than once. So I feel like 3.5 or four would be, act- Oh no, I, th- I gave this a four, um, actually. Uh, and yeah, that, that, yeah, that feels fitting great yeah. not really anything that you got to call mom and be like mom you got to go see this or you know call uh i mean if your mom's not a movie do that anyway but not not like <laughs> not like shout it from the rooftops go see this movie um but but just like hey that was really enjoyable and if you're asking me if i recommend it like full-throated yes so
1: um, yeah i also yeah. think that there's something there's something magical about i was really excited about bullet train and I don't know if a lot of people were or not, um, but I was really excited going in and then going in with the, with that excitement and then it meeting and then exceeding a lot of my expectations. There's something really like comforting about that. Um, Cause I feel like you, you so often hear that people have high expectations and they're let down. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think I was let down at all. Uh, I was, so I, I just had a really good time with the movie. So. Uh,
0: okay. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think ultimately I I, want to say kind of my brief thoughts and then we'll move on to spoilers. We can talk about things in general, but I think, um, there's, there's a style to this film that is really well, but like, is really cool. I think the action scenes are shot really well. Uh, I mean, they're not like great, you know, but they're certainly like better than MCU, which at this point is like, I realize MCU is continually getting worse for the most part, except for Shang-Chi, but like, I feel like as long as you're better than the MCU, you're doing good. You're doing passable. Um, This is—I mean, this is not like as smooth as John Wick, but like it's—it's—it's solid. Um, It's in the family. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like it's—it's solidly directed. Um, It's—it's—it's a fun time. Like, and that's really what I wanted from this movie, and it wound up being a little bit more than that. Um, But like, ultimately, like all I wanted to do was to walk out of the theater with a smile from ear to ear, like you said. And, and that's what I did. Um, so this isn't going to be Oscar winning material. This isn't going to be like, it's currently not even on my top 10 for the year. Um, so this isn't going to be, you know, somebody's favorite movie. I mean, every movie is somebody's favorite movie, but like, I really don't think this will be like in discussion at the sifties or anything like that. But like, this is just a solidly made entertaining flick and that's all I wanted. So um, mm-hmm. I had a really good time. There's enough in here that it, that bothered me and we'll get into it. Um, like, but nothing that ruined my experience by any stretch of the means. It was just things that I was like, Oh, that could have been handled better. So um, do yeah. you have any other thoughts before we move on to spoilers?
1: I just, I, yeah, I think, I think the thing that kind of popped into my head when I was driving home and I might be wildly off base with this, but this is kind of my unique take that this is a big reason why I have reached out in general, where when you hear, the kind of phrase, "Oh, it's a turn your brain off type movie." Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, I feel like it's being kind of said in bad faith, <laughs> like it's being used to just to um, defend movies that more than likely are objectively bad. And I'm not going to try to throw some movies into the bus, but that's just but, oftentimes. We know, we
0: know. Yeah. That, that phrase originated with
1: <laughs> the later, yeah, the later Transformers. Like, I just feel like yeah. there's. There's movies that fall under that, and I feel like for a long time though, and I'm talking, I'm talking, you know, your type of action movies that came out in the in the '90s or whatever. So like a, you know, a Face Off or a Con Air or whatever movies that are objectively not the best, mm-hmm. but they're a they're just a lot of fun to watch. But also there there they are kind of there is an aspect of that turn your brain off but you're also not a like a complete. Mummy, like there's, it's still engaging enough to to draw you into the story, into the plot. And mm-hmm. this is that movie. This is the type of movie that gave me that feeling. Like I didn't want to claw my eyes out, and I wasn't. It it didn't command a a ton of um brain power to understand everything that was going on necessarily, which is kind of I think the the root of that that phrase. um But it still delivers a really entertaining time, and like a, in a really like positive product and i just think that's something to that be uh commended particularly in a time where i don't feel like we get a ton of those movies anymore I, I like we get the mcu movies and and um sequels and things that are like based on ip and stuff and this feels and this is kind of what 2022 has kind of felt like an emergence or a reemergence of a lot of those there's been studio comedies that have come out that have been above average there's been these kind of action comedies that have come out that have been above average, that kind of feel reminiscent of movies of the past. And then movies that we've gotten for the past 10 years, like the MCU movies have not been as good. And it's kind of been this weird little flip flop. And I don't know, I just, everything about it had led to this cascade of just good, Good vibes and good feelings all around. That's all I have to say about that. We can get into spoilers.
0: <laughs> cool. Well, let's do it. So, here's your official spoiler warning. So, if you haven't seen the movie and you care about uh, not about like making this experience as fresh as possible, then that's your jumping off point. Come back on after you've seen the movie. And if you've already seen the movie, you're in good company because we're going to talk about all the things. That happen in this movie we won't talk about all of them of course but we will talk about uh, a number of things so um here's where i want to start and i thought I-, I think this is too much of a spoiler to say because the trailer doesn't really hint at this being this kind of movie but this is very reminiscent of um snatch or rock and rolla or maybe even like the gentleman like that kind of guy ritchie movie um And it's not, it's not really until the last act, Uh, but then it kind of becomes like that because other than that, like it's, it's just kind of this interesting, weird wobbly movie that doesn't necessarily have a structure or a path or like necessarily like an end game or whatever than that. But like at the end where it. Where there's the reveal with the white death saying that all the actor or all the assassins were chosen. Like at that point, like it really wants to become snatch, and that's fine because honestly, like snatch is one of my favorite action movies of all time mm-hmm. and I think one of the most clever. Uh, but it's um, it, but but it, it it's this is not done as well or as smoothly as all the aforementioned, you know, gentlemen, uh, rock and roll, uh, lock, stock, and two smoky barrels, snatch, like that kind of film. So. Um, so ultimately, like I still like it. I still thought it was clever and creative, but at the same time, like it almost felt a little forced and almost felt like, like, like I really want to know what if Guy Ritchie had wrote the screenplay for this film and still sure David Leach could still direct or maybe Guy Ritchie would direct, but like, what if this was a Guy Ritchie film instead of Mm -hmm. people actually behind it? It kind of made me wonder, like it it probably would be a little bit smoother, a little bit more polished, probably would have Jason Statham in it somewhere. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like I, I just that that kind of helped me wonder, and this is part of the thing where I'm like, it, it feels like it really wants to be snatched in the last act, but it has not no interest in really building to that moment, you know?
1: I can see that. Um, um I yeah, I mean, I, yes, it's I would I would say that it that it 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 does, in my opinion, I think it does have a little bit of an interest in building towards that. I don't think it nails it all the time, um, and you don't. And I think to go along with your point, you don't realize it's doing a snatch type thing until the end. Right. Whereas when you're watching those other movies, it's pretty clear that, okay, these things are all, in, these are all happening kind of uh, simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I largely
0: agree with you there. So uh, kind of jumping off of that point, there's, there's a big problem I have with this movie. Where is that it, it really could have felt, um, I, f- I feel like this movie is not interested in holding any of its cards. I feel like it's, it's always interested in just knowing it's got an ace of its sleeve and then just making sure that you know that it has an ace up its sleeve. Like, I, I want to give a couple examples here. Um, there, There's moments in the film where it flashes back to an earlier scene of dialogue that gives context to something with a new piece of information. And I think a, gr- a great example of how to do these things where you keep your cards to your chest because it rewards rewatches is Knives Out cause you could rewatch knives out a hundred times and pick up on something new every single time. Like, like where an interaction happens and then you learn a new piece of information. And then that interaction at the beginning of the movie changes the way that you perceive it. But even if you forgot the interaction, when you rewatch the film and you're like, Oh, okay, hold on. Like that changes the context of that scene. So and I'm thinking of a couple specific moments. Like um, there's the scene where the, the daughter um, Prince played by Joey King, Spits on the Logan Lerman character, and by the end of the movie, I totally forgot that that happened. But then there's a reveal that that she is the the sister of that character, and then she spits on him because even though he's a mess up, a screw up his whole life, he's still got the preferential treatment, and she has done everything right and has been neglected her whole life. So, and then the movie shows you his flashback of what we saw earlier of her spitting up. So, like, do 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 you get what I'm saying? Like. I think it could have rewarded a rewatch better if I wasn't reminded of this bit, you know, cause you see it when you watch bullet train again and you make the connection because of the new stuff, you're like, Oh, that means something different now. It's not just, Oh, I, I I didn't get to the target before. It's all of those feelings. Right. Does that make sense? I, it, okay. It does make sense.
1: I, and I'm not, I, I'm 100% not attempting to be argumentative. <laughs> it's one of those things though, that in any whodunit movie, you can say, Knives Out, for example, there is always a moment of showing the cards. And that's the moment of showing the cards. And a lot of times it is a flashback to be like, oh, there's a that's this moment of clarity. Like we see it happens in Knives Out, right? We, where we see why something happens or um, something that happened. And then now we have the context of why that happened. I'm not saying this is nailing that because I, I think you're right. Um, it does a lot of show... It it it, it, it 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 does present a lot of its
0: cards. I just think that that so all right. So let me let me give you another example. Um, when they're revealing the end with the mm-hmm. whole movie be, wants to be snatch, I hire I or smoke an aces or whatever. Um, th- there's a moment where the uh, where where the white death is explaining why he brought lemon and tangerines, in. Mm-hmm. and then it cuts to a flashback of Aaron T- Taylor Johnson earlier in the film saying he didn't just hire any two assassins. He wanted the people from the Bolivia job. Yeah. That would be a much better, like to me, a much more clever thing to leave out the cutback because then the next time you watch the film, the yeah. line that he says he didn't want anybody, just anybody who wanted the people from the Bolivia job, which the first time you hear it is, Oh that's that means that they did really well here you know it's it's like you want the guy you, you want John McClane after after the first die hard right you got a situation you want you want John McClane um but because they they reveal it and they reveal in context it just feels like just i can feel, see it feels I can like see where not you're not rewarding from. rewatches it's not going to reward re- rewatches for the film i mean it's a little thing but it's like it makes me feel dumb as an audience member because I like picking up on these subtle things um, you know, during rewatches like character motivations or, again, this little piece of dialogue that doesn't mean anything that all of a sudden means something or maybe mm-hmm. means something but means something totally different by the, by the time that you have all the pieces. Like, It seems I, – I guess here's my problem with, the, with this style of doing it because there's not really anything wrong with doing it, but it's two things. Number one, it makes rewatches completely different in in a less good way you know because if it shows you all the cards there's not really any reason to rewatch watch it other than for the cool action sequences um there's not any like hey maybe maybe seeing this in this context instead no because they're 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 making rewatch it with the context um but only like particular parts of of what they want you to see but the other thing too is it, it just makes me feel dumb as an audience member like when they reveal that there's the brother and the sister like and then and then it cuts back to the spit it's like i I could have pieced together like what her feelings were for her brothers without you showing me like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just being too harsh or overly critical or something. I don't know. Like, I no,
1: just... it's one of those things that I think you're, I, I think you're not wrong. I think it's trying to do. Um, I think it's trying to pull off a whodunit type scenario where it reveals, it reveals and it shows a previous thing. I just, I, I don't think it, I don't think it successfully builds up to it. And therefore, it would have been a better movie if you didn't do that. I, I think I would agree with you there. I think
0: if if it doesn't do those flashbacks, it does reward the rewatches. I, well, and, and again, even if it doesn't have those flashbacks, what you get at the end of your first watch is a good experience. Yes. But what you get on your second watch is a better experience, right? Your it, rewatch is more rewarding than your first watch. And, and even with the Carter character that's mentioned a couple times, who by the time it's revealed who carter is you've pretty much forgotten i mean he's you're like oh yeah he's been mentioned once or twice but like if i if i were to rewatch that i i might pick up on the few times that they say his name as opposed to they show me the three times in the movie where they say his name like yeah i
1: i be i would be interested to hear in other people's take on that genuinely because yeah. i don't think it's one of those things that like i 100% don't think you're wrong i am i just think for different reasons i do want to go back and rewatch it for
0: some so i don't know maybe i'm just not as I, intellectual <laughs> just kidding i'm, I'm just I'm probably kidding just making this out to be more than it actually because because so uh, my argument is re-watches would be better if they didn't do that Rewatches would mean more if they didn't do that because your first watch is this dumb watch and the second watch would be like hold on the movie was actually going for something more as opposed to just the movie is giving you everything mm-hmm. <laughs> with each experience you watch there's there's not really layers that you can pull back like you can in knives out right
1: yeah that's cool and I think yeah yeah
0: that's yeah well let's I move on before I talk in a loop because I'm pretty sure we're already there <laughs> um, what is something you want to talk about um well
1: I think I, w- I want to give a special shout out to um three performances right off the top of my head that just okay. rung like just rung like a bell first of all if you had told me last year that I that come 2022, I would turn into the biggest Brad Pitt fan of all time. Um, I would have probably laughed at, laughed in your face. Now, it's not like I ever disliked Brad Pitt. I just don't think I ever truly appreciated him. And this year, I've watched a ton of movies with Brad Pitt in them, and I'm like, wow, Brad Pitt literally makes every movie just a little bit better. Um, and I think mm-hmm. he is. I think he's doing an incredible job in this movie. I think he has a true mastery of comic timing and um, like. Uh, I, I I think a, a criticism of this movie, a criticism that I can even have um, if I would try to take a step back from it, is that it does rely a little bit on that quippy, fast paced, like um, that, that quippy dialogue. And a lot of the times that type of dialogue, first of all, is getting a little bit worn out in movies because we're getting a lot of those types of movies um, mm-hmm. that, um Ryan Reynolds specialty. I'll just say that Um, fast paced. And there's and where it's like kind of not really a joke. It's just meant there's just a line that's supposed to be kind of casually funny.
0: Self-referential meta. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it can get tiring um, depending on who's delivering it, depending on the type of the movie. And I wasn't really, I wasn't tired of it with Brad Pitt. I was completely sold on Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt's character. Um, But I will say the standouts 100% were, Tangerine and lemon
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they have such a beautiful romance, literally. I mean, they are twins they um, um and brothers in the movie. I think they are, they have some of the moments of the, some of the funniest moments, but also some of the heart, most heartfelt moments. And I legitimately was emotionally invested in their characters and um, and, and why they were there and who the type of person, uh, who the type of people they were, they made, uh, Brian Tyree Henry legitimately made me care about Thomas the tank or Thomas the train engine. Um, and I, I just thought, I, I thought that was a wonderfully quirky character. Um, and together they absolutely shined not a duo I would ever have thought to put together. And yet they were perfect together. Um, so I, I just wanted to give a special shout out to those three because they were head and shoulders above the rest in terms of performance.
0: I totally agree. And to, to touch back on the Brad Pitt thing, I love the like stage of his career that he's in because it feels like you know he got his uh, his Oscar for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and even that was like a fun performance for him. You know, yeah, um, like he's he's not just you could tell he's he's having fun with the role. Um, and he and not to say that Brad Pitt has not always had fun with this role, but it just feels like he's kind of on another level recently. Like, uh, you, you know, we got doing, doing a cameo in, in Deadpool two as the, the, uh, the vanisher. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and then we have a role like this, which by the way is channeling his burn after reading energy so hard. Which yes. is probably I watched my favorite Brad Pitt movie. Thank uh, you. No, okay. Glorious Bastard, sorry. It's, it might be my favorite Brad Pitt performance. Burn after I, Moon. you're,
1: You're not wrong. I watched Burn After Reading for the first time this year, which is one of the reasons why Brad Pitt has turned into this massive, I'm a massive fan of him. And he's incredible in that movie. And Mm -hmm. it turned a page of like, oh my God, he is so funny. And it's not, I mean, some of that is the Coen's writing him, but he's very funny. I think in the lost city or whatever earlier this year, which is a very interesting, I would love to know the story about this movie and The Lost City because we have three people um, who pop up
0: I just, in both so I just, those
1: movies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I just feel like, I mean, look, with the Brad Pitt stuff, I mean, like, it, it was clear at some point he was trying to go for an Oscar. I mean, because we've got, like, Moneyball and The Curious Case of Benjamin Button and, uh, I mean, The Big Short. Uh, I mean, Seven, I think, 12 Years a Slave. Like, it, But there was very clearly, like, a mid-2000s where he, like, became, like that kind of fury is in that road as well like a bunch of like potential oscar contenders whatnot. not but like i just i love like this kind of brad pitt like this quirky he's got such good timing in this role um uh, you know with the talking to himself and and this sort of unlucky person and it, it just again like a sort of not confident at all kind of like in *Bird after reading like I I, I feel like I could just splice in the scene where he calls uh, John Malkovich. It's just like, I've got your shit. Like, and it would totally work in this movie. So, (laughs) um, so like, I just, I love this phase of, of, of Brad Pitt's career. And I love this type of role. And you were absolutely right. Um, Tangerine and Lemon were the standouts for me as well. I I thought, I thought they had really good chemistry together, but also I just thought they were really well-written. I mean, no, singular character or even motion in this like this is this is not writing that's going to win an oscar this is not writing that's going to make it stand out as like an incredible action film but this is writing i i guess more than what it had to be right um it's like it didn't, okay. it didn't have to be anything and i think that it's really cl- clever and quippy and um there's a lot of fun things i mean you mentioned the thomas the tank engine thing which is a a really hilarious running gag um especially where he's just comparing like every time somebody encounters the child show and he's um you know he's i'm really good at reading people because i watch that and like he is and then there's the i thought it was a really interesting reveal like where he he got the sticker on on the girl of mm-hmm. the of the bad tank engine like as a sign um of like hey don't trust this person and um the uh um, th- you're right. There was the emotional beat too, because the scene where Ar- where uh, Tangerine comes across Lemon and he presumes that he is dead, uh, and then there's and he takes off the necklace, and there's like a flashback scene of of them two playing together, and he's like playing with the tank engine, and like it just hit me on on an emotional level. I was, and I think it's because like there's the joke throughout the film where they're like, where Brad Pitt's like, I really don't think they're twins, and and then like that reveals that they are at least brothers maybe adopted brothers or whatever i don't know they could be twins um who knows um because the movie's not really clear but the movie is clear that they grew up together so like i don't like i guess maybe it was that moment that it officially like confirmed that there is actually a familial relationship there and how dare we not just believe it just because people don't look alike or whatever? so i don't know um but I, I thought that i thought that that moment was really really tender i was like oh i just I guess I just wasn't expecting that from this.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's one hundred percent the type of thing that you have seen in other movies where there's there's two kind of side characters that are connected at the hip type of, and then one of them dies, and there's like a revenge spree or whatever. And it easily could have been that, and it's not. And the fact that you legitimately feel that a a genuine love for one another, like I just, I'm like, wow, this. I was not expecting that out of these two characters in this type of movie. Um, and I was just floored. Like, when he gives him the sticker at the end, um, I'm just yeah. like, bro, Yeah, that was
0: I'm a just, really emotional moment, too. I'm yeah. just like, this is
1: a, a grown-ass man <laughs> giving another man a sticker. A, a Thomas the <laughs> Tank Engine sticker. And I'm like, I... I, I yeah I, I mean I'm I'm not saying I was cr- I was crying and I am a movie crier but like I
0: it was a no, it was a legitimately no, it, was, it was nothing solid emotional it. beat but it was a <laughs> oh okay yeah yeah um kind of along the same lines though I think uh, I have a, both a positive and a negative including that um, I think that this movie has wasted actors in it and it's a it's both positive and a negative because you look at the poster and you see all the talent that's in here and you look at I'm I'm going to specifically call out. Um, Zazie Beats as well as um, uh, the Michael Shannon, uh, I think would be hmm. a fair one. And then even let's go ahead and say the Wolf, because he's pretty prominently displayed on there. And I feel like Zazie Beats is in the movie for like barely a scene. Like I feel like Channing Tatum got as much screen time as her. Mm-hmm. Um, Channing Tatum is a cameo, and by the way, a plus cameo. Um, so uh, like I just I felt like.
1: Did you know Matt?
0: Uh, did you know? uh michael shannon was in the movie i think i had known but i'd forgotten because i think when i when we do the coming attractions i look through them um and i'm like oh this person this person this person this person but i did completely forgotten when it when they were going to reveal the white death i'm like who who is it i don't remember and
1: i legitimately i did legitimately did not know it was a legitimately like a jaw drop moment like there's a couple cameos in the movie um and then like i think you know Sandra Bullock is in the movie because her voice is pretty distinctive in the trailer. But there's a couple cameos. But then I was like, Michael, Sh- like what the
0: Michael Shannon? Um, I love yeah. Michael Shannon. He's uh, like so do I. Top, He's like S tier villain villainy guy. Um, I
1: am. Um, back-
0: he's just, just another guy. But like, but like you're, you're right. of Water 99 homes. Even he's even like really good in Premium Rush. Like S tier S tier villain.
1: Uh, to your point you're not wrong about the actors. Like I think if I think about the biggest criticism, I'm like, wow, there are some legitimately fantastic talents. And it's, and I will even give a pass to, cause like I said, I didn't even know Michael Shannon was in the movie. He's kind of this final, the final mm-hmm. boss reveal. But having a character like Zazie Beetz, who is an important character, um, she's like the role that, she's ho- that she holds in the movie is a really, really important one. Same with the wolf, like they both have really integral parts, and it's kind of like, when they were writing it, they were, they are just like, oh, okay, well this is the, this is how I want them, their actions to be in the movie, but I don't know how to really get them in the movie, so I'm going to get them in a scene, and then they're
0: going to die. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so I have both positives and negatives for this. Zazie beats is the clear example for me, because it's like, you have a talent like Zazie Beetz and you only have her in one scene and one flashback? Like, why have her at all Any at, at that point? Like, why not just have another person? You could definitely have paid less money. Like, I, I guess that was my line of thinking, you know? Um, yeah. Or, or why leg- not just hire a, a stunt woman and to just do it, you know? Um, it
1: legitimately could have been anybody.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it absolutely could have been. And I loved every second she was on the screen, but it was, like, five seconds. So, I don't know, it was just one of those that, like... I guess I was expecting more, like more complex Brad Pitt dodging these people or whatnot, you know, just kind of throughout the movie or whatever, you know. Um, and and again, same with the wolf, like because the wolf is introduced and he's like actually kind of a big thing. Uh, and then like his character is killed off in a hilarious fashion, like five minutes after we meet him, and then he's just like, and then they weekend at Bernie's him, and then like that's it for the rest of like he, he's got he's got and he. he Again, I thought he was going to show up and just be another player in this game. And then he's he's just not anymore. And so to the movie's detriment, why do you have somebody like Zazie Beats playing this role when it could have been anybody? Um, you know, and I'm not saying they shouldn't have had Zazie. I'm just saying, like, if you're going to have her, give her something to do. But also to the movie's positive, it really brought to the unpredictability. I, I really never necessarily knew where the film was going next. Like, I never... I mean, if they're gonna kill Zazie Beats in the first scene, like what else? Like, or w- when they kill the wolf, a beat, like what else are they gonna do? Like, I, I, I really felt to any moment anybody could have died, probably yes. for Brad Pitt.
1: I think, yeah, I think um, there was there was a legitimate moment where I was sitting in the theater and I was like, okay, nobody's safe in this movie, including Brad Pitt, because I th- I thought um, the Chekhov snake <laughs> um, yeah. was going to. I thought it, that was going to, I, I thought there was a moment where he was going to die by this, by the snake. And then he does get bitten by the snake, but yeah. it's a hilarious that, that I'll get, I'll get to that in a minute, but um, you're, you're 100% right. I like the aspect of like, oh, okay, well
0: literally nobody is safe um, with Brad Pitt as the notable exception. I mean, um, I, I felt like Brad Pitt could have died, but just, it would have been at the end. It wouldn't have been in the middle of the movie. Yeah. Like means, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and there's even a couple standoff moments. Like I'm thinking of the, 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 the like middle of the, the, like the dad that we're introduced to, mm-hmm. but he's not like the old, he's not the grandpa, you know, the, he's just the dad of the sick boy. Like hit, there's the standoff with him, lemon and, uh, Prince uh, Prince. And like, I'm like, yeah, I really don't know how it's going to play off. I feel like somebody's going to die if not two people. Like, so yeah, the movie yeah. was pretty unpredictable in that way.
1: Yeah. Um, I I think the element that struck me later, and maybe this is just something because I was so wrapped up in other aspects of it, was I, I think they really did a great job in terms of uh, the juxtaposition between Brad Pitt swearing up and down, he is the most unlucky person in the world, mm-hmm. with him actually somehow being the most lucky person in the world. Um, for instance, with the snake or being stabbed right in the phone. Or I thought that every single one of those moments I like when, when it started clicking in my head, what was happening? I was like, Oh, this is, this is really paying off for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and then especially of course, juxtaposed with Prince who says that she's the luckiest character or she's the luckiest person ever. Um, and that's, what's guiding her through her successes in life, um, to her untimely end, um, or her very timely end, I guess I should say. (laughs) Um, so, I mean, I, 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 appreciated that structure that, that, that structure after the fact. Um, and once again, I think that falls on Brad Pitt, just absolutely selling it.
0: Um, yeah, uh, kind of the other positive I want, or I guess, um, yeah, positive that I want to say about, again, I have, I have written down here, wasted actors. Um, I feel like you could completely take Zazie Beetz out of the movie, and I would have been totally fine with that because I love Lemon and Tangerine so much. The movie could have just been Ladybug, Lemon and Tangerine, and I would have been totally good with that.
1: I like yeah i agree I think, with
0: like, you like with the way the film is set up and with the obviously coming to the white death confrontation at the back like sure you're gonna have to introduce them and if you really want the like but like the movie could have just been lemon tangerine and uh ladybug and just this like quirky almost like um well even almost like almost like laurel and hardy or abbott and costello kind of Kind yeah. of like who's going to get the briefcase. And then also you throw in this person. Yeah. I, I felt like it could have been just been entirely the three of them. And I would have been totally cool with that because I loved all. Three I, of them.
1: Yeah. I don't disagree. I don't disagree because this is the type of, this is the type of movie where like going back to my, my thoughts on the fact that it's not necessarily a thinker of a movie, but it does beg you to think a little bit. Um, It's like a 50 piece puzzle where you look at the puzzle and you kind of know where all the pieces are going to go, but there's a couple pieces that might throw you off. And I was like, well, the problem with the Zazie beats and the Hornet and the wolf characters is that the way they tie in is cyclical to each other. Basically Mm -hmm. like Brad, like Brad Pitt is connected to the two of them, right? Like they're all at that event um, that we're back to. And she has this, She has this poison, but like the wolf is really only in it. So Brad Pitt can learn who the Hornet is, who. So it's like this weird kind of cyclical where they don't connect really at all, um, which was weird. And I so uh, like and that's the thing, like I I don't necessarily hate the that Prince, the Joy King was in the movie or uh, the White Death or um, the father and the grandfather. (laughs) Um,
0: I guess like the elder and y- yeah the father and the elder
1: yeah and his his father yeah and particularly yeah, i think, that, uh, I think because... his father was the
0: elder like what's yeah. his
1: name yeah particularly because that actor is a legend and i want to i should give him his due because he is
0: oh yuki sanada
1: yeah he's a legend he's great and we do see him kick some serious but um which i was really hoping that they would they would show at least a moment of oh. that
0: wolf is bad bunny <laughs> okay um i'm not big in pop culture so i i didn't know who that was but i definitely know the name bad Bunny.
1: yeah um so yeah i would agree with you i like i i am overall happy with i'm like i i agree with you that the three like getting the three of them in a movie is would have been great i don't mind the movie that we got in terms of all of them I just no. wish that wish that those two in terms of a spider web type of movie that those two were more connected to the center, where it kind of felt like they were connected to Brad Pitt a little bit and then more to each other. And that was kind of like this feels I don't quite understand why, um quite understand why they're involved at all.
0: No, um, I I I'm not saying necessarily that I would have preferred the movie, you know, with just the three of them. I'm saying I would have I would have still really liked that movie. Like that that's how strong oh. those those main three are. Like, I like the movie we've still gotten. Um, yeah, I, I would I would like the other movie as well. It's just like I'm saying, even though I, I listed it as wasted talent, like I I mm-hmm. almost think of it of it in a positive because like we don't need Zazie Beats in any more scenes. Like, <laughs> because mm-hmm. honestly, even if she was in more, I'd still be like, okay, but get back to Lemon and Tangerine. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, and uh, uh, kind of along the same lines, I also want to mention um, Karen Fukuhara. Is uh she she plays the trolley girl uh I mean I, I'm sure she has an actual name um something yeah uh, Kaida in Bullet Train but like the girl that sells snacks um and like she's Kimiko in the Boys and she's Katana in the David Ayer Suicide Squad like wow I did not know that yeah like so I recognized her I actually thought that that was uh Palm so, something the girl that plays Mantis um and so I pointed that out but like no I, like that's like. Are you gonna have Kimiko from The Boys and Katana from Suicide? Squad? And look, look, say what say all the negative things you want about Suicide Squad. I'm not gonna stop you, but like, she was for sure a positive in that movie in that role. So, you know, and and um, so like, but she doesn't have a single fight scene. Like, she literally is pushing a train cart. Like, again, anybody for, could have done
1: that. Yeah, for two two and a half scenes, right. not even scenes. They're like and, moments.
0: Um, <laughs> and the conductor role too. I mean, that that um, uh, Masioka. Um, I mean, this guy was um, in—he was in Scrubs for a little bit. He's hero in Heroes. Um, he was in the Meg. Apparently, Hawaii Five-O. I mean, I think probably the the role that I immediately recognize him in is as Bruce from Get, Get Smart, um, which I haven't seen that movie in forever, but I remember him. Being my favorite part of that. So anyway, just like he plays a conductor and he has some funny moments and he, you know, that that maybe couldn't have just been anybody, but anyway, for the most part, is like, yeah, he had like three seconds in the movie, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, anyway, um, so yeah, I just I, I wanted to mention them as well. Um, we mentioned uh, the two the two big cameos. I mean, we have also mentioned Sandra Bullock, but like the Channing Tatum one caught me so off guard. And I I loved all three times that he appeared like because it was like, a, oh, fun. Channing Tatum is doing the thing where he's he's kind of in this phase of his career where he's just showing up for cameos. And sometimes like I got a lot of like this is the end vibes only because he mentioned this uh, like a sex kink. And have you seen This is the End? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, just because, like, that kind of surprise role he has in that, like, and he was just like, you know, I'll give you 200 bucks. He's like, is this, like, a sex thing? And then he's almost, like, disappointed that it's not. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then and then later when uh, when uh, Tangerine walks by and he, he's just I'm like, man, like, he can run or whatever. Like, it's just... It was it was just really great uh, to see a, a man as handsome as Channing Tatum, you know, hunking out over another guy. Like, yeah. uh, and then of course Ryan Reynolds just has to be on screen for one second to make me just die laughing. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, it was that was yeah that was my little throwaway moment when I said the quippy dialogue, the Ryan Reynolds special. The fact that he was Carver, yes, Is that I, I was just like incredible. Like, of course, which he has the
0: the Deadpool connection. So that makes sense. But right, yeah, that's, it, that's it, the, it's like he and Brad Pitt swapped screen time from Deadpool two in this since Brad Pitt has like half of a second in Deadpool two.
1: I just really get the vibe with David Leach now that he's a guy that people love to work with. And I think that, um, and cause you're seeing a lot of crossover in terms of you have, you know, obviously Ryan Reynolds pop up. You have Zazie beats, mm-hmm. um, coming, coming from Deadpool two. Brad Pitt. Um, Yeah. Brad Pitt, um, Reynolds, like, you know, so there's, he just seemed, he seems like somebody who, who people love to come back and work with and are willing to have a really fun time. Like that, that, that Michael Shannon role could have been played by probably anybody, but you're right. It, you know, it's, it's elevated by Michael Shannon just being Michael Shannon in that, in that role. But like, he's probably sold on it because it's like, this seems like a a ton of fun with a great, with a fun cast and a fun director. Um, So I, and I definitely have to appreciate that. And I have to doubly appreciate it that he's not making bad movies. His movies look pretty good for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, And you mentioned it kind of in the, in the pre in the, in the non-spoiler section, but um, yeah, there's all there's, there's several action set pieces that I would say are legitimately great. There's some of them that are, you're getting a little bit into the cgi
0: (laughs) i felt by the end of the movie i felt like kind of all the like the creativity had kind of gotten like boxed in because they wanted to make this movie that 90 of it 99 of it takes place on this bullet train and uh and so like they kind of like i felt them kind of boxed in a little bit they're like well we have to like blow out a a side of the train in order to like yes. do something new and so like i got a little tired and then they wind up like blowing out chunks of the train like three or four different times and i was just like li- like i i definitely felt a little boxed in by the end of it but like the
1: the it- climax of the movie is legitimately i think my least favorite part largely for that reason sure. because it felt like um i mean i don't know if you've talked about it already or not but like I watched the gray man recently, which is a movie that I'm like, I think is perfectly fine, but there's, there's a couple sequences in that where I, where I was like, okay, this felt, this felt akin to that, like gray man, where it's kind of a very standard. It it goes from being somewhat creative to kind of like a, okay, here we go. Um, and I didn't. I didn't really. Enj- I didn't really enjoy any of the. I think it's a really action
0: good action. comparison. And no, I haven't talked about Grand Man yet. Although it will be the spinoff on the next episode. Um, but I think that's a really good compare. Like next full episode. But I think that's a really good comparison of like. Yeah, it almost feels like, uh, or in the same way. Like I think a lot of these, like Extraction, was the same way. Like they had that really long, like twelve minute oneer that was really awesome, and then the rest of the movie was kind of like. Standard. Okay. Yeah. And same with like six underground, like that first action set piece was freaking awesome. And then the rest of the movie was okay. Um, so yeah, like, I definitely just felt like because they wanted it to all take place in a train, they, they like had to get creative. Now I'm saying it as a negative because I'm saying I felt it, but any other director, especially any lesser director, it would have gotten so old so fast, but like it didn't, uh, it took a while before it really got old before I really felt like, all right, let's get off. Let's get off the train. Like, let's move on.
1: I will, I will just, I will say that, um, I I think that the movie is probably 15 minutes too long. Yep. Um, and particularly because, particularly because we have this throughout the whole movie, we have this end goal of their getting to Kyoto. Mm -hmm. Um, like that's the final stop. Right. And they keep referencing it. And every time it gets brought up, I don't know. There's like a chunk of time in the middle there where like time just feels irrelevant. And they're, but they keep trying to bring up that the stop is, that the stop is coming up, that the stop is coming up, but then there keeps being more stops, there keeps being more stops and we're not getting there. And it kind of takes a little bit of that tension out of there. Like that's manufactured tension. We have to kind of, there is an end stopping point that this train is getting to. And it felt like it was dragging a little bit. Now, I don't dislike well, necessarily any of the events that are going on on the train. During that, it just feels like they they start bogging down to get to that final confrontation.
0: Yeah, and it feels like... So Brad Pitt gets the suitcase and he's ready to just leave on the first stop. And mm-hmm. you know, because they've mentioned it's five stops, he can't just get off here. Like, So it's one of those, like, how is he going to wind up staying on for five stops? And it, I'm not... You know, I'm not actually concerned that he's or I'm not actually like unconcerned that he's going to get off at a certain point. Like, I just I just believe like like, it's not so much like, oh, he's going to get off. And then the movies like because they mentioned the five stop things, it's like, oh, he's he's going to be on here for five stops, even though he can leave right now if he wants to.
1: Well, and that's well, that's kind of it. And but that's kind of what I mean. Like, yes, you're
0: right. I I agree with you. It it it. it's it's to give you a timeline of the movie it's to give you a sense of i guess like to to know that it, this takes place essentially in real time but like it slows the movie down
1: you're right yeah it just yeah i i think particularly the amount of times that it's brought up like the amount of times that the white wolf calls aaron Terrell johnson and i'm only calling him that because i can't remember if he's Tang he's tangerine yeah um the amount of times that that happens i'm like this feels unnecessary this feels unnecessary um also flashback uh logan lerman also a character that gets three lines and then it's uh
0: <laughs> i was more upset the fact that they cast logan lerman to play like just a, a russian guy like like I'm, I'm typically not one to like notice or care too much about like sorry not to, not to say i don't care but like I'm not typically one to get, like, really mad about, like, whitewashing or anything like that. But I'm just like, you know we have, like, people of Russian descent, right? And especially with such a small role, like, why not? That's true. I also... And and same goes for Michael Shannon um, in the role as well. I have
1: have legitimately gotten to a point where... um, And maybe this is a little bit of, like, I don't know, tangentially related to Grandpa Get Off My Lawn, but... Why like having half the cast, I feel like is doing an accent like Joey King is British. Mm -hmm. She's she doesn't have a British accent. Obviously, Michael Shannon, obviously Logan Lerman. And I think Brian Tyree Henry, like they're all doing accents. And I'm like, why? Why are we doing this? Like, I don't understand. Like, I understand actors.
0: I I feel like at least Brian Tyree Henry is is his natural. Is he British? Uh, I mean, he was in Eternals and he sounds the same as he does in Eternals. I well, I which, uh, which I realize everybody's forgot about Eternals, but there's at least that one funny moment from the from the trailer <laughs> where he breaks the thing and he says IKEA summer collection '94 or whatever, you know. I
1: I think he's talking in an accent because because Aaron Taylor Johnson has an accent.
0: Mm, I, th- I think. I don't. I don't believe so. Huh. And I I'm, think Aaron Taylor Johnson is American, right? No. No. Okay. I just. I mean, I know he's in the most recent Kingsman. I guess he plays a British officer. No, he plays a, an American officer there, and, and he plays kick ass, of course.
1: He, uh, man.
0: Okay, and, so, anyway, so to, to, to get back to my original point, like, I, don't, look, I don't have a problem with Logan Lerman playing the character, but it's just like you, they go out of their way to, to like call him and make him Russian. And first of all, the fact that he's Russian has no bearing on the plot or backstory or anything. Like, and especially since they also cast Michael Shannon, like, I get that this is based off of source material. And so he says like the Russian came out or whatever, but all you have to do is say the American came in. Like that's that that's it. There's no more needed. Doesn't change I, anything. I don't have a problem anymore. Like I said, my problem was like you cast Logan Lerman to play like a Russian like screw up child. Like, mm-hmm. like you could have cast like an actual Russian actor for that or or somebody at least with Russian roots. And anyway, that that was my problem. Mm-hmm. And, again, I'm not typically one to, like, call out and be mad about whitewashing, except for, like, you know, obviously extreme cases or whatever. But, like, it just felt, it just felt like, wow. Like, that wow. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also, like, mm, no, as I say, also, like, maybe, maybe stuff with just all the conflict going on with Russia and Ukraine. Like, but it's like, this had to have been filmed before all of that was happening. Like. Oh, I well I could see, I could see not wanting to have Russian people employed at the moment. Um, especially if they are actually Russian, not just Russian by heritage, but here's, and there's here's no the way there's no way this was filmed before that. You know, during this is definitely filmed and completed before all of that is even
1: started. One, you're absolutely correct, because I I would bet a lot of money that this and the lost city were probably filmed somewhat concurrently, hence the reason why those three stars are in both movies. Um, which they definitely shot both. Of, so they definitely shot both of those in at least 2020. Um, additionally, you don't have to get somebody from Russia necessarily, right. but you, you get somebody who has maybe a Russian an- ancestry or Russian descent. And I mean, are you really even going to know if it's somebody who just has like a Eastern European accent who is using and adopting it? I don't know. There's, it's and, one of those and things again that again,
0: his national the nationality doesn't matter.
1: Like, it doesn't. No, it's just it's a it's an odd choice per what you're saying to have two very American dudes adopt mediocre Russian accents.
0: Is Michael Shannon actually American, or is he just like he plays Americans all the time? You know, um, say I'm I don't curious. know. Aaron Taylor Johnson um, is English, by the way. Um, Michael Shannon from Lexington, so yep, very American. Uh, <laughs> I just, I just don't know if like yo he plays like a lot of roles that require like an American accent, you know, like mm-hmm. either, either New York or Louisiana, like one of the two. So yeah.
1: I will, I will also say that I, it doesn't take me out of the movie in this sense. Um, it's on. And honestly, it, it was, it was, it was fun. It was fine. It, it wasn't completely ridiculous, but I'm a little bit tired of the trope of um, somebody who is like quantifiably a, or like we have seen him. And just in general, we know he's a badass martial artist or swordsman or whatever. Then going up against somebody who is not. um, I I, I think of like John Wick, which is interesting, where John Wick ends with him fighting an old man in the rain. And it's like we've seen him kick so much way superior ass throughout the whole movie. And that's a little bit what we're we're getting with the elder versus the um, sorry, the white mask. There's so many nouns or proper nouns like titles the yeah. michael shannon's character like
0: when you're getting uh, and i'm like the white uh, white death
1: yeah i'm like you're getting these two guys having this kind of final confrontation and i'm like
0: there's no way
1: that michael shannon could ever stand a minute against this man who's actually
0: trained just thinking about this what what freaking movie was i watching uh or tv shows watching um but i was just freaking thinking about it oh Catwoman, uh never mind because we're talking because that's what the episode is about the episode that comes out because the final fight scene in Catwoman is Hollyberry versus an old man
1: yeah it's just I'm Holly of...
0: versus the, M- the Merovingian like <laughs> come
1: on it's such a weird it's such a weird like trope and I because like I get that your final you don't want your final bad to be this like maybe muscled up but it's just no weird.
0: I, no I get, it, I get it and and not only that but like a, a fatigued person I mean at least in this movie, like the the elder only shows up for the final fight, but like yeah, a a, a fatigued and wounded um, mm-hmm. son, and and obviously, you know, Tangerine and uh, uh, and uh, Ladybug had both been injured several times and had been fighting several times, so like mm-hmm. probably fatigued and wounded, you know. Yeah. So, but that's just uh, that's
1: just a more movie related, like in the movies in general. Like I, I feel like it's a weird trope slash crux that people are falling back on that fall back on and i'm like this it's not exactly that but i'm just like there's no way that michael shannon could ever throw hands with i guess you know mortal combat legend
0: (laughs) i guess if i have one more gripe which then i'll turn into a positive is just that i'm i'm kind of over films like doing this same trope of uh, all of our good guys are grouped together and then there's a bad guy with a gun or something similar to that situation. And then obviously a, a bullet or a vehicle is going to come from the side and obliterate the person. So like th- th- obviously the, the Joey King character, the Prince dying at the, you're getting hit by the truck at the end is what I'm referring to. But the, like, you're, I'm, you're I'm, so right. I'm like, I just like, it's not surprising anymore. Like when it was originally just a surprise, but now it's like, this is the way they get out of this is because a truck is going to come and hit somebody from the side or, or, you know, there's gonna be like, hey, that that person that's got a sniper rifle that you forgot about, like, like Billy Madison, like is great at that because Steve Buscemi is in one scene before the final confrontation, and like, you know, and then it's just like, oh, that's a really funny call, callback to to yeah. something, but but I'm sick and tired of this trope. I'll turn it into a positive. I love that it meant that Tangerine was still alive, and I love that he or that Lemons was still alive, and I love that he drove a Tangerine truck. A plus. Yes. So. So
1: you're you're 100% not right. And I'll actually use another example because I just watched a video where Patton Oswalt was talking about various movies and he brought up Deep Blue Sea. And Deep Blue Sea, I feel like, has the best moment of mm-hmm. that, maybe in
0: cinematic history.
1: <laughs> um, the shark
0: coming out of nowhere mid And eating. Eat Sam Jackson, yep.
1: Yeah, nobody expected it. But I, I completely agree with you, particularly because the entire, basically from when... Chekhov's snake is is um, introduced and we have the prince character played by Joey King saying that she's the luckiest person in the world and things keep going her way she keeps just weaseling out of situations I was fully expecting especially because we get a shot at the end of the snake leaving like yep. having escaped the toilet I'm like oh the snake is going to bite prince and it's going to be an old uh, this ultimate moment of like you're not lucky you just got bit by this random snake you know and it doesn't exactly and that's what i had that's why where my expectations were going and i would have been totally fine if my expectations were met instead we get the the moment that the truck which it's not fully something i'm annoyed with because it emotionally gets it's it's a payoff
0: for lemon slash tangerine um well and it was one of those two i was really mad when lemon died because like he Sorry, was killed off screen, which he wasn't killed anyway. When he when he goes away from the movie because he tackles a guy out of the thing, it's like you telling me he could couldn't have just kicked him. Like, why was that his his first thought? Like, it's, unless, cle- it, it's clever, it's clever though. Because it's... wish, like, why would he tackle the guy out as opposed to just like like? There's easily a way that he could could just you know, kick the guy out of it.
1: Yes, and
0: I will say that you.
1: I think, I think you kind of hit something. Like, I think that's the moment when, like, he's like, you have another brother, and he, like, fakes it. And then he's like, no, I don't want another brother. I think he was in, kind of intending for himself to die in that. That being said, they do show him hit water. And so it's, it's clever because it's not this total, like, how are you still alive? You you know you leapt out of a yeah. moving train that was going 200 miles an hour but instead it, it does show them hit water so it's believable that they are still alive like both of them are still alive so i i appreciated that moment because i recognized him hitting water because like, it
0: wasn't massively high up it was it was high up but not like you know no catwoman coming out of the drain when she dies
1: no Ugh. it it, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't yeah john wick falling 50 flights hitting yes every <laughs>
0: yes um a couple of moments i thought were really funny we haven't mentioned yet just briefly the um the, the briefcase incident where they where they take one out and he just like flicks the lock in it and it opens up was hysterical um and then uh um shoot uh, even tangerine uh or sorry lemon. um like the the kind of mid credit scene where where it shows him dealing with the guy that, that he tackled out, I thought that was really funny. Uh, we, we we mentioned some of the running jokes. Uh, shoot, there was I, I wanted to mention the um, the briefcase scene. There was one that we like almost just alluded to. Um, oh, the snake uh, where 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 he puts a snake in the toilet and then he just like snake, don't open. Like he writes that on the seat. I thought me and my wife thought that was hilarious. Anyway. This movie has lots of really funny moments, Uh, probably not as many as I thought or expected based off of the trailer and tone of the beat, but um, there's there's a good amount of laughs.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I would say that it like it for the most part, it balances the like it doesn't entirely rely on the quippy dialogue. There's legitimately like that is those are funny jokes that are written into the movie, which I appreciate. It's not just actors. What could be just actors riffing?
0: Um, yeah i'm which, sure some of it is but like oh absolutely you, you can tell in deadpool or fast and furious or whatever that like ryan reynolds is really good at just quipping and doesn't need to write out his jokes i mean because you can even see outtakes like he he just comes up with a bunch of stuff on the spot but yeah but so. yeah yeah yeah
1: i mean yeah i i mean i i feel like i've i've said most of what i needed to say i think it was just one of those things where i kind of going all the way back to the beginning i just just to wrap up my thoughts, I have been really pleasantly surprised with uh, 2022 movies so far, and it's kind of going to come down to the end of the year, the Oscar bait movies that I think could potentially seal 2022 as being a top tier movie year, in my mm-hmm. personal opinion. And it's because of movies like Bullet Train, like movies that are above average to good um, that are it's like a it's like a summer Blockbuster movie that isn't necessarily going to make all the movie money that it maybe may have would would have in two thousand three if it had come out. Um, Yeah, but I think it's it's legitimately high, uh, a good time at the theaters. I think if you go by yourself or if you want to go with friends or family, I think you're going to have a good time. Which is maybe I'm wrong about that because as you said, seems like a lot of people don't aren't as high on it, which I don't understand. But maybe there's like a tired people are more tired of it than I am. So. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, that'll do it. So, uh, Bullet Train. There are some of our immediate thoughts on on it, and uh, I hope uh, you feel similar. Let us know what you think about um, about things that we disagreed on. Like, pick a side, pick a winner. Um, you know, we talked about accents, and we talked about um, you know the the like the rewatchability being a negative for me um, because of certain choices and Nash. Nash defended it so like let, let us know your thoughts we'd love to hear them uh, head over to Twitter and you can tweet your reply to the tweet that we tweet this episode out on um, so do that or um, you know tweet one of us directly you can tweet me at Schweik Castle, or follow me on Letterbox at Schweik Castle. what about you Nash where do you want to send people
1: you can find me on Twitter or Letterbox at Nash underscore doll um, that's where I'm if you want to read all my spicy movie takes that's where
0: I'll be very nice for spicy movie takes head over there uh, and next time, uh, I, again, next episode is either in, in the interview with the Film Restore or the full episode. Uh, they'll be coming soon. Anyway, if you're listening to this significantly later, you already know what comes in what order. So um, next uh, small review, I'm actually not sure what it'll be, but um, I'm sure I'm sure there'll be another one coming out relatively soon. I mean, as we start to get to some of these Oscar Oscar film. So that'll do it. Thanks for, thanks for Na- Nash for hanging out. I, uh, I'm glad we both really like this film. It seems like, um, it seems like at least the Sifpop pop community is a little higher on this movie than the general population. And that's fine. Like I'm good. I'm good with that. That's an yeah. okay take for us to have. Yeah. So it's a good time. It's not going to blow your mind, but it's a good time. Cool. You could do worse. Yeah. <laughs> you could certainly do worse. Hey, I saw bullet train and Nope today. And I like to bullet train more. So you know what? <laughs> um, Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. Nope. Minipod uh, is, is Patreon exclusive coming soon. So um, yeah, I just need to, to, to get a recording set up. For that. There you go. I guess that's a good note to end on.